Zodal Sports Enterprises will be at the Pittsburgh Business Show at the Convention Center with a multi-piece auction that will be available online at tscshop.com, benefiting Junior Achievement this Wednesday and Thursday. Total Sports specializes in one-of-a-kind sports pieces, and auctions help perfect any event. So give TSC a call or visit the website for an auction option at your next event. Say that twice. I'm glad you had to say that. <laughs> now let's start the podcast from the Heinz History Center Roaring Twenties exhibit. With Aunt Marie. According to the Oxford Dictionary, the word jagoff is defined as a noun, which means a stupid, irritating, or... Here's how Pittsburghers define a word jagoff. When someone cuts you off on a parkway. Jag off! Or someone scares the f- out of you. Yeah, jag off! Or it's a term of endearment. How you been, jag off? Everybody's Jim Crin. I'm Jackie Kane. This is Mark Madden. Larry Richard. Gamwell Bill. Kurt Angle. Rocky Blyer. Bonnie Diver. Rick Sevak. Mike Wysocki. John Steigerwald. Greg Brown. Tyler Kennedy. Santonio Holmes. And this is the You Jag Off Podcast. <laughs> I just afraid to even start. We have started before the. the the music even came on. Yeah. With your Because Aunt Marie. we have a star, yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean, do. we've interviewed some really cool people, but today we have the coolest of the cool with Aunt yeah. Marie. Yeah, for right? sure. This is the Jagoff Podcast and uh, the podcast all about the cool things going on in Pittsburgh. And for the last 97 years, we're going to get an update, as a matter of fact. So it might be a little lengthier than usual. (laughs) (laughs) There'll be a timeline online. If you're listening to the podcast for the first time, make sure you subscribe to it on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Play Music and all that kind of stuff. Or just listen to it every Tuesday on yourjagoff.com. Of course. And we're lucky enough to be at the History Center in this amazing exhibit. We were here for the Mr. Rogers exhibit, and they showed us the Roaring Twenties. It's the pro... What's the actual correct title? Let's see. It is the setting of the American spirits rise and fall of prohibition. So that's pretty cool to be in here, right? Yeah, yeah. It's and it's uh, the setting's amazing. It's totally cool. There's um, and there's even a we're going to use the dance floor here with footsteps on how yeah, to do the, the Charleston, the Charleston. Yeah, and, uh, which my aunt Marie said she didn't need the the footage. Right? She, she knows it. <laughs> she walked right in and started to do it. So uh, and as far as what was on the blog this week. Um, you know, it doesn't even matter because no. Aunt Marie's here, right? Right. And I'd rather hear her stories than talk about our absolutely. parking dilemmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But so, you did award an accountant. I do have to say, yes, you we did. did award mm-hmm. an accountant um, a sixty-minute massage at Espa Cosmetica. So that was yeah. pretty cool because that means tax season's behind us and we're on for spring. Right. And so we're going to be doing more of those kind of giveaways. So uh, um, coming up, so we are at the Heinz History Center, and we want to thank Kim and Brady for having us. Yeah, come. they let us in actually. They did. <laughs> We yeah. just said, knock, knock, Aunt Marie, and they said, come on in. <laughs> yeah, right. It was like the speakeasy door. And if you're yeah. listening to the podcast, make sure you go to yajagoff.com and watch the video because we're going to have everybody knock on the speakeasy door. I and love try that. To get yeah. Because I guess that really was a thing back then, that that was how you got into certain places. You really needed the password. Aunt Marie, yeah. Did you ever go to a speakeasy? No. No. Are you kidding? No. no Why? No, Why was that taboo? No, no, no. I never drank. Oh, is that right? That's how you got to be 97. That's why I got to be 97. Aunt Marie, you never drank. What was your favorite drink? Meanwhile, Lisa, your your granddaughter, remembers having cornflakes and wine. No, that 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 was Uncle Mike. When I know. I, when I would say to Uncle Mike, what did you have for breakfast? Oh, he says, I'm ready. I had cornflakes and wine. Cornflakes. <laughs> Cornflakes. Not, not, not flakes. Cornflakes. Flakes. But listen, <laughs> he actually poured the wine over the cornflakes. Oh my God. For real, that was the breakfast. So. Yeah. So we should probably introduce who we're talking to, right? Sure. Go, go ahead. ahead. You go ahead. You so it's our honor to have my last 
Italian aunt with us. I mean, I'm so fortunate. And I don't see her enough. We will say that for sure, Anne-Marie. We'll get it on record. I need to bring the kids to see you, so we now have it recorded. Promises, promises, (laughs) promises. (laughs) promises. (laughs) But anyway, my Anne-Marie Carcara is 97 years young, and she will be 98 in September. So we thought this would be perfect to have her at this exhibit because she is the most spry and amazing 98, almost 8-year-old that I know, obviously, because I don't know many. But um, she's just a phenomenon. She, She just gave up the answer in the last couple of years but she saw this um, you know that we talked the, yeah, the Charleston exhibit and she just wants to get up there and do it she's just that kind of person so she's <laughs> my, my first meeting with her or when she walked in and we were just talking before we started the recording and she said well I was going to take computer classes but that was getting in the way of my dancing yeah, classes she, yeah <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> so so, uh, is it okay? Could, can we call you Aunt Marie? Is it all right? Oh, I'm, not, that's fine. I'm not your nephew, but is it all right? That, You're oh, not going to swap me or anything. Wonderful. So, we have a couple of things. First of all, I want you to be thinking about tell us some really good story about Cousin Lisa and Rachel that we, you know, we want to know those stories of when they fought. But first of all, we didn't. <laughs> tell, us, tell us, you've been in Pittsburgh all of your life? All, all my life. Years? Yes, yeah. all my life. Yes, all my life. And now, tell the story about how you met Uncle Lee. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> And don't lie, okay. Because <laughs> if I die, I'll just lay there, huh? <laughs> she was dying to say Well, it was like this. Uh, me and my girlfriend went to Westview Park because they had dance land. And um, so while they have intermission. So she said, uh, she said, hey, Marie, let's go to the Racing Whippet because I know the guy there and we can ride it for nothing. So I said, okay, let's go. So during the intermission, we went down the racing whippet, and so we took a ride, and we went up and down. So and then uh, the guy says, you get, kids want to stay on? And we said, yeah, we'll stay on again. So we stayed on again. So as we were, you know, as how it comes in and it ends, and somebody tapped me on the shoulder and says, hey, you with the long hair. And I said, who, me? <laughs> <laughs> so for the, if you're listening, she just flipped her hair she back. She flipped her yeah. hair, yeah. So he says, yeah, he says, how about getting off? I want to talk to you. And I says, okay. So we got off, and, um, and he says that he introduced himself. He says, my name's uh, Lee Karkara, and uh, I live on the north side. And I said, get out of here. I says, I live on the north side. He says, I went to Oliver. I said, get out of here. I went, I never saw you. He says, I never saw you either. He said, and I said, well, what did you want? He says, you know, <laughs> he, he says, you, you know, uh, the, uh, the, the prom's coming up this weekend. He said, I, I'd like to know if you'd like to go. And I says, you got to be kidding me. I said, oh, I'd love to go. And the reason why I wasn't going, because the guy I was dating didn't like to dance, and he didn't like my friends, so he didn't want to go to the prom, so I wasn't going. So when he said, do you want to go to the prom? I said, oh, yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> Boyfriend who? <laughs> so so he, he, where do you live? And I'm trying to tell him where I live and give him instructions how to get there. Okay, okay. And then after he left, we went back up to dance land. And I said to Dottie, oh, my God, Dottie, I told him yes, and I didn't ask my mother if I could go. What am I going to do now? She said, oh, that's your problem. (laughs) (laughs) So when we got home after that, after we danced and it was all over, and and the next day I thought, oh, my God, how am I going to tell my mother? And I thought, I never lied to her in my life, and I'm starting to lie to her now. So... 
I'm thinking, what's that? There I'm scrubbing the floor because, you know, every Friday we scrub the floor come hell or high water. Yeah. So I'm scrubbing the floor and I says, Mom, I got to tell you something. And I, and I says, I'm going to go to the prom on the weekend, this weekend. She says, I thought you weren't gone. I said, well, because your Al didn't want to go. And I said, no, I'm not going to go with him. I'm going to go with Lee. She said, well, who's Lee? And here's where the lie came in. Oh, so I know him from school. And I never saw him <laughs> in school. And I she, love it. She said, oh, you in school. I said, yeah, yeah. And she says, oh, I don't know. I guess she was starting to get an idea that I wasn't telling her the truth. So I'm still scrubbing the floor, you know. So, so then she, after a while, she says, okay, okay, you can go. Go down the cellar, wash your hair, and go upstairs and get your evening gown. You had one evening gown, and wherever you went, you wore the same thing over and over and over again. So she said, go get it, and I'll iron it for you. Because uh, meanwhile, our little chapel we were just building it, and they, my mother and father, were very involved, so they had to go there. So anyway, that's why she wanted to iron my dress before they left to go down there. Well, wow. to make a long story short, he came down to pick me up, and my mother and father weren't even home for me to introduce him. Oh, oh my, gosh. my gosh. You were a vixen. Oh, my God. That, that was <laughs> unbelievable. Anyway. Was he hot? We went to the prom. Yes. We went to the prom, and we danced, and we danced, and we danced, and I thought, Oh my God! This is heaven. Oh, <laughs> see, it's gosh. not like that anymore. And That's that, awesome. and that was that was it. And he never left me go. He called me. He haunted me. And the worst part was, talk about call. In those days, you didn't have a phone like yes, you guys right. all have mm-hmm. a phone in your back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even have a phone in the house. Right? Yeah. Fortunately, I had an aunt whose husband worked on the streetcar line, and he had they had to have a phone because they would have to call him for emergencies. So we would give that number. So when he would call my aunt, my aunt would come down the street and yell, Hey, Marie, I love it. Well, but now you have to fast forward to today. I understand that one of your favorite things to do on the phone is FaceTime, right? Don't you FaceTime Callie and, and Mikey? Don't you FaceTime Mikey at college? Phones have come a long way, correct? Oh, yeah, that, that's un- unbelievable. You I'm, know, all this new, new stuff, you know, it's so hard for me to grasp. Yeah, yeah. same. Oh, it, it's but just too it, much. It's hard to grasp, but is it understanding how it works? Or you, you like it? You, you, it's, I don't know how, I, hey, how many times I screw up the remote for the TV, <laughs> let alone anything else. Well, same here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get on demand on last night. I had to get one of my kids. Now I have a new phone. I don't know how to do the answer machine. I don't know how to do voicemail. I don't know how to do nothing. That's okay. You don't have to. The fact to. that you even care is, flat, is awesome. It's the amazing. Well, I'll tell you the truth. I don't have any friends to call me anymore anyway. They're all dead. <laughs> We're true. all going to make a pact to start <laughs> calling true. you. That is so true. Promises, promises, John. Don't, don't call me. I'll call you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So let's talk about the 1920s and prohibition and, and what were you doing? What was going on in the 1920s in your life? Well, 1920s, I was just born. Yeah. yeah. You were born in 20, what year? 21? I was born 1920. Okay. 1920. Oh, right okay. in 1920. Yeah. Okay. So you don't remember much of that Oh, year, I don't know huh? anything about that. No, I don't, <laughs> yeah. have, no, I don't know anything about the prohibition. But what but, about 28 or 29? Yeah, what are you, what was it like? What's the first thing you remember from the 20s? Right. Well, 
Well, I can I can remember uh, my grandfather um, making wine. Yeah. Oh, I can remember when the truck would come with all those boxes of wine, of grapes, and we thought, "Oh, happy day! Now we're going to eat grapes," you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I can remember them uh, uh, all the, the all of my uncles getting together at grandfather's place down the cellar with that wine press, you know, making wine. And uh, you know what I can remember. I can still smell it. And you know how that, from, that funny smell? Yes. And then there was all these little fleas flying around. Oh, I'm sure. You know, from the, from the grapes. I still yeah. Them. Oh, I'm sure. I still see the fleas. Yeah. But uh, as far as uh, anybody, any, I don't know anything about, uh, you know, anybody. Prohibition. But, yeah. but Aunt Marie, what about, like, even getting around? So there weren't as many cars. You walked everywhere, right? Oh, my God. The only, the only one that had a car was Uncle Mike. Uh, which, which would be my great-grandfather. Oh, okay. Your great-grandfather. And uh, he, he was a kind soul. And my, my cousin, they called him Rags, but his name was Art. And uh, he, he knew how to drive because he was, he was older than us. And oh. so he would say, Uncle Mike, can I take the car? And Uncle Mike would give him the keys. It would all pile in. <laughs> Me, Elvora, all of us would all All this was a big Studebaker, those ugly Studebakers. Yeah. And we would go out to Riverview Park. And we just we'd all that. take turns driving. We were only kids. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's when it had the clutch, and you had to put it. Oh, in, God, You yeah. had to put your foot on the brake and then the clutch and put it in gear. Oh, my God. And then we'd go around that horseshoe bend. I don't know how one of us got killed. Yeah, thank God. And there we were, all us kids in that car. And oh, we had a ball. We Aww. had a ball. We and I, and you know, I think that's the biggest difference between then and now is that, oh. you know, obviously we didn't have everything. Each of us could attest to a different era and say how technology has come uh, come on. But oh, yeah. what's the biggest thing that that you find important? Like, is it cooking together? Like our family custom, right? We all do ravioli, homemade oh, yeah. ravioli. Oh, Isn't yeah. that still kind of the the essence of of what family is? Is oh, that being yeah, together that, well, without in, all? In my family, it's tradition because all my kids know how to make it now. I mean, God, yeah. Every holiday, come high, hell or high water, we we make the we make the ravioli. Yeah. No question. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh, yeah. Well, did I tell you? Um, you know, Michael's at college, and they had to write a, What is it? What they have to write in school? Essay. Yeah, essay. Oh, yeah. Whatever mm-hmm. they have to write, and so he wrote about uh, tradition making raviolis. Yeah. <laughs> the teacher was fascinated. Oh, oh I'm really? sure. Yeah. So he says, well, do you ever ask your great-grandmother any questions? You know what his answer was? What? I don't have to. True. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. You do do the explaining. That's for sure. Well, you ask me a question, watch out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. A lot of time. <laughs> what do you think is the most favorite thing that is new to you? Is it is it cars? Is it the telephone? You know, what is your the most favorite thing that has come around since you were younger? Uh, well, uh, the only, right now, really, the only thing is that saves my soul is television because oh, okay. being now that I can't go gallivanting <laughs> and, uh, and, and all my friends are gone, really, I have nobody to talk to on the phone. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I watched uh, TCM with all them old movies and, oh, re- and reminisce. And yeah. reminisce. Yeah. So what was the first thing you remember watching on TV? First thing I've ever watched on TV. Oh God, I don't know when my kids were little. Yeah. Well, yeah. I th- well, I guess well that was the, 
Mr. Rogers, I think. Perfect answer for this Boy, place, yeah. Anne-Marie. <laughs> <laughs> right. They have a Mr. Rogers exhibit here, so yeah, that was that, perfect. Because, you know, that's what my kids used to like to watch, especially yeah. Billy. Oh, God. Yeah. And he went, Well, that's when television was really in, in vogue. Uh, sure, sure. And when you look around here at the exhibit at the Heinz History Center, you see the outfits, you see the vehicle there, or you see the list of drinks. I know you said you don't drink, no, I right? Drink. No so, drinking. <laughs> but, and you, or you see the movies playing. What, what, what I guess what... Does any of this strike you, the, the, the fashion, the clothes, the car? Oh, I used to love the fashions in the 20s. Oh, yeah. God. Me too. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. All those fringes. Dresses. And, yep. Ooh, I and agree. feathers in your hair. Yippee. Now, <laughs> <laughs> that was, now, oh, what that about was. from a movie standpoint, though? What, who was your favorite actor first that you Rob, can remember? Robert Taylor. I was in love with Robert Taylor. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. Okay. Now, what did Robert Taylor play in? Oh, I don't know. I forget. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> he was just handsome. <laughs> so, <laughs> what kind of movies? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so those were silent movies at that point, right? Oh, no, 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 okay. no, no. We, we had, they talked. <laughs> Let's get him a cinema class, Aunt Marie. What the hell? We didn't, we didn't have color, but they talked. <laughs> She's like, silly guy. Yeah, stupid, stupid kid. <laughs> I, ain't, I'm not that, I'm not that old. Uh, <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Not much. Uh, and when you walked in, Rachel re- referred to when you walked in, you went right to the steps on the floor oh, that God. teach people how to do the Charleston. Oh. But you didn't need them. You no. you're, you could see your feet started to oh. do their thing. Oh, yeah. I, hold me down. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> no, we actually want you to do it. I've been yeah. bragging about how you can do this. Oh, so God. you're going oh, to have to prove me right. I used to love to do the Charleston. I loved it. Well, and I say you're the one who taught me the Tarantella, which is an Italian dance. At my wedding, you taught me how to, yeah. And I still have video of it. And you did it with my kids at Adeline's Communion two year, last year. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a really cool tradition, again, oh God, traditional that's thing. Good. So. Yeah, I remember I had a good time at your wedding, honey. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I had a good time. Well, I had a good time with you today, and unfortunately, we have two other guests here. I okay. wish we could talk to you the whole time. But wait, will you come back on at the end of the show, right? You'll come back. Well, you're going to work She's staying, you, right? right? Yeah, I yeah. don't know if Lisa's have time. You're fine. Lisa Uber said yes. Lisa's, Uber Lisa's on our schedule. <laughs> we got you covered. Yeah. We got you for the hour. Uh, but well, thanks, Aunt Marie. If you're going to say thank you and or hello to anybody, who are you going to talk to if they're listening to this? What would you say to anybody out there from your family as far as summing up your life? Uh, summing up my life, uh, I was blessed. I was blessed with many, many, many things. A wonderful family, most of all. A wonderful family. Good answer. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, Elise is dropping names into you there. Huh? You're right, Aunt Marie. And we were blessed to have you. Yeah, yeah. I had a good time. I had wonderful parents. I had really had a wonderful childhood. Uh, I, I had a good time, period. Good. Well, good. We'll stick around because we want to talk to you before we end the show. So we're just going to bring on a couple of our other guests, and we'll bring it back to Aunt Marie. And as we go to break, you're going to hear some Roaring Twenties music. Right, Wayne? Yeah, because Wayne's going to play it on the zitar. Thank you. 
so we have Chandler, and he goes just by again Prince Chandler, right? <laughs> like there's Prince, there's Cher, there's Chandler. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of funny. We have um, Chandler's with Old Smokey. We've had him on the podcast before, and it just made sense that since we are at the History Center doing the Prohibition stuff, that you're that guy. You're that guy to come kind of tell us about Prohibition. I mean, you weren't around like Aunt Marie by any. No, I, I, I can't. I can't compete with that. That's just <laughs> an amazing can? story to hear. That's I get just, it. And if you dance with it, you probably couldn't compete there either. Really? I used to take tap. I think Is I remember right? the Camel Walk. That's about all I got. Wow. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay, we'll give you that. At least you could throw something in there because I got nothing. Yeah, I got zero. I got the elevator dance. No steps. And that is a hard act to follow that, you know, you actually got to see the, the Aunt Marie. I mean, she has two names. You're just Chandler, but she has two names because you got to put the aunt in front for respect. But yes. nonetheless, we are so glad that you're here. And there's a lot to talk about. So we're going to start with the prohibition stuff because we're in that place. I mean, yeah. look around. You know, it doesn't get any better than the History Center. They do an amazing job with all of their exhibits. And here you really get a taste for that era because obviously none of us can attest to it. So what are you noticing now that's kind of like a throwback? Doesn't it seem like everything today goes back to, right, what oh, was? Well, and, and that's that's kind of the thing. Like everything goes through cycles. So you're always having people like fighting for certain things and they want to really what's going on right now is kind of what was happening back in the 1920s where – uh, people want to privatize the stores and things like that and, okay. and okay. getting out into things like that. So it's an argument right now going on, you know, do we release more liquor out there to be sold kind of things. And you got your, your you know, you have your, your religious zealots, you have people who are more concerned about health, you have that on that side who are, you know, fighting to, to keep it the way how it is. So it's, you know, in control, there's, there's all these studies that are out now that are saying, you know, areas where there's more liquor available, there's higher crime rate or there's things like that. But then there are other ones that are saying, well, when there's more liquor available, the economy is boosting and things right. along those lines. Mm. So it's, it's a lot of business interest then too as well. And it's just, yeah, prohibition went away. But those kind of arguments are still being talked about uh, these days. And uh, my job with Old Smokey is I actually am a a salesperson, but my territory are all control states. Okay. So these states are states that when prohibition ended, they said, okay, well, we're going to control how we are going to distribute it. We're not going to let independent retailers, you know, and wholesalers do this. We're going to decide how we we do it. So the state has has a play in it. Pennsylvania, perfect example of one of those states. And actually, since Prohibition, only uh, only one state has completely privatized, and that was out in Washington. Wow. Hmm. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. yeah. How about that? So uh, the, what happened was, uh, it, you know, the, the state got out of the wholesale business and everything along those lines, and they just said, oh, okay, well, you know, here's the private retailers. They'll handle it. Here's the distributors. They'll handle it, everything like that. Everybody said, great, prices are going to go down. Right. And and uh, they walked into the uh, into the stores and they saw these lower prices, about six dollars lower. And then they walked up to the register and paid for it. Right. And what wasn't considered all the taxes oh, that were added on there. So it yeah. ended up being two dollars more expensive than the old <laughs> system. Wow. And so yeah, it's like, well, you get you get a little bit. You you know, it's more available, sure, but the prices are higher and things along those lines. And here's an interesting one. You know, you were talking about. You know, what, what's this battle about prohibition and alcohol and everything? What's going on right now, though, is medical marijuana. Yeah, right. Right. You know? Yep. And, and so everything that was happening with liquor is, you know, a years later. Form coming, now. Sure. It's now just in a different form. That's wow. all it is. Yeah. Chandler did his homework. Yeah. Can you tell? <laughs> this early. Like, <laughs> he knows. Yeah. He's already done one interview today. <laughs> yeah. So the um, now Old Smokey is, uh, did you tell us it's the oldest distillery 
or something? Uh, no, 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 no. unique no. history there. Yeah, uh, we have a unique history with ours uh, just because, uh, you know, the family that actually started doing uh, the Old Smoky Moonshine for us. This is a family recipe kind of deal that they've, okay. been, that they've been doing. But it's only been since uh, 2010 we've been able to sell it legally. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Right. And, and the neat thing of everything that's kind of came from Moonshine is NASCAR racing. Mm-hmm. It's, it got mm-hmm. its start by these bootleggers who were going around and evading the cops with these souped up cars to that? try, you know, and this was after prohibition, obviously. Yeah. You right. Know? So, you know, it, it's kind of unique that, you know, all of this going on around liquor, all the cultural stuff that has just come to exist. Right. Yeah. You know, you, you, you still have speakeasies now these yep. days yep. that yep. people are going into. You have people making stuff at home, which I highly recommend not doing because <laughs> of the safety issues yeah. on right. it. Uh, right. But, um, that's where you throw your number out. On. Call me at. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, Old, Old Smoky is actually the most visited distillery. So here we That's, go from okay. doing. Yeah. Well, uh, we go from from doing this in the backwoods of, of Tennessee with our with the family down there, the Baker family, and now we are the most visited distillery in the United States and potentially the world. We're still trying to get that one certified, but mm. 3.9 million visitors down there. Wow! Jesus. How about that? Yeah. When are we doing a podcast down? Yeah, there? Hey, take come us. on down. <laughs> Gallen, Gallenberg road. would love to have you guys down there, <laughs> and so you cool. would you would enjoy yourself down there. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's uh, good stuff to know. So, you know, great history lesson, of course, and, and we need that at the History Center. But you have a lot going on, too, because as we've talked the last time you were on, you are um, running for Man of the Year for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Yeah. And how is that going? So it's, we talked to you kind of at the kickoff. So where are we now? Uh, it's going great. Um, we, we, we try not to disclose how much we are because this is a competition. Okay. Yes. And everybody, and it's one of those deals, oh, well, they raised 25000 Well, I got raised 25000 in $1. So, yeah, right, you know, right, kind right. of thing like that. But it's going very well. <laughs> uh, we we have happy. a big event. It's where you wanted. To it's be. where I want it okay. to be right now. Yeah, absolutely. But we can always we can always do better. Sure, you know? sure. So uh, my donation page is set up. You know, it's real easy to find uh, if you go to mwoy.org mm-hmm. and just look up my name, Chandler Carranza. I did. You know, last Carranza. time I said there was only one Chandler probably yes. on there. There is a second nationwide, believe it or Get not, that's out. actually running for it too, as well. Not competing well, we'll against come out me. If you need us. Yeah. No, no, you no. Tell no. us what needs to be Completely done. Completely we'll different market, so we'll it's okay. Aunt Marie with us. <laughs> Just make sure you pick the right one. Yeah, right, right, right. Dance a couple of steps all over them. Love it. And so, talk about why you're even involved in the in the Man of the Year. So honestly, it's just through the the Pittsburgh connection. I mean, that's really what it is. This is this is about me getting the awareness out, and you know, I work with a lot of bars and restaurants. We're holding our event down at Tequila Cowboy on uh, Tuesday the 24th. Yep. Mm-hmm. 8 o'clock, if you can get down there, it'd be great. We're going to have uh, you know, a band performing. We're going to have a, a DJ down there. Nomad is going to be the band down there, a great country band that I've known for years. Um, we're going to have auction items and things like that, uh, bull rides and uh, drink okay. samples. It, it's just going to go nuts. But really what got me involved was just the, the fact that I, I knew the campaign manager and, I, you know, I know a good number of people that, hey, if we can spread the word, it kind of like, you know, drop that pebble into the pond and you get that ripple yeah, effect, you know. Yep, or, mm-hmm. yep. Uh, and, and that's what we're just trying to do, you know, ra- raise the raise the funds in this 10 week time period. We got until uh, May 19th is the is the end of it, you know, right. and, 
Um, any help is, is always appreciated. And you've done so much with, with Total Sports already oh, with us. We're glad and, to help. And here with the podcast has just been absolutely amazing. And, and, well, and you're easy to have Aww. on. So. Hannah. <laughs> no, you're easy to have on. And I think, you know, we, John and I do in marketing, we sit in a lot of meetings. There are 7,000 charities in Pittsburgh, in the Pittsburgh region mm-hmm. alone. So I, I think, you know, I don't have a comparison thus far because we're obviously in Pittsburgh. But to me, that's just amazing that, that that's how philanthropic people are. Oh, they are. I mean, it's funny. I I drove in from Philly literally this morning. And one of the things that, you know, that is just the biggest difference between, you know, the the two sides of the states is just how friendly Pittsburgh is. You Mm. hear that a lot. Pittsburgh cares. And uh, and this is just me doing my part to, to try and do that. You know, I. I, I left for about eight years and came back, and it was like I never left. And, mm-hmm. and Pittsburgh's home. Yeah, you know? well, that's a good. Now point. we have a question of the day for the podcast, which we'll get to in a second. But I, as I'm looking down, we're sitting at a bar here at the Speakeasy display. Here, there are a lot of drinks that are on the, on the bar here. I see old fashioned. I see martini. Mm-hmm. Those things are still hip. Oh, and yeah. uh, so, how does uh, what do you see? I know you've been other than Old Smoky, you've been involved in the in the business of alcohol and spirits for quite a while, but everything stays the same at some point like rachel said in the beginning right i mean martini old-fashioned it's still it's still around yeah, you're, so the you're always gonna there, go, yeah. you're always going to go back to the basics yeah and and really uh and and that's kind of the cool thing uh, about it but but everything comes in and goes uh in in different fads which uh-huh. is, is the unique thing just like clothing and things yeah. like that right. you know so i remember in the 90s everybody was wearing what was you know people were wearing in the 70s well your drinks are actually kind of the same way too yeah. as well so and what influences that is it um people uh, is it the general public that wants to go be nostalgic or is it people like yourself that are pushing a certain type of alcohol to say hey you know old-fashioned is now hip oh to How, keep my job i have go? to say that yeah. it's, the, it's the latter there <laughs> okay. and that, that it's me that that's doing but no i mean the customer kind of decides what uh-huh. it is but it, it, it there's a little bit of nostalgia but it's one of those things uh, a lot of times it's, I don't want to drink what my parents drink, but I'll drink what my pap drinks. Oh, right. Isn't okay. that the truth? Yeah. 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 So it, it's kind of just going back onto that. I mean, yeah. uh, so if, if it's around, uh, I, I think that's really what it is. But then sometimes it just gets too wild and too crazy. Yeah. And then people are like, you know what? I've had enough with, uh, you know, vodka and energy drinks. Let me just go back to yeah simple whiskey or simple martini mm-hmm. or you know the margarita is always yeah always a top good segue yeah, nice. margarita mm-hmm. goes perfectly with cinco de mayo nice and on cinco de mayo total sports enterprises and is teaming up with obviously via jagoff podcast and west penn billiard and chandler to kind of help with man of the year and we're having a cinco de mayo party at west penn billiard and you're going to be there absolutely and we're gonna have samples is that right we're gonna have samples, samples? my new sales rep will samples? be up here too as well perfect. so melissa she'll take care of that southern twang and okay well, <laughs> make it good. authentic <laughs> that's perfect because we apparently have this billiard star her name's Lori jean Lori, Lori john, john mm-hmm. who um she can't Nobody can beat her. I mean, essentially, she was at the home show, they said, for an hour. champion Hall of Fame billiards. Yeah. Yeah, and it's going to be a billiard competition, which, again, will help raise money for your So they basically have to go up and challenge her and pay money for your cause. Hey, that, so, I mean, hey, that's whatever a great it takes. deal. <laughs> hey, some, some samples, maybe we'll push a little bit more Smart. towards her. Yes, right. yeah. absolutely. And then somebody who, who beats her can thank us by making a larger <laughs> donation. Right? Right? That's, that's a good right. point. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So before we let you go, because we know you have a busy day, we have a question of the day. So the question of the day is, you know, what would be your favorite era in time? Ooh, favorite era in time. I think I it's mean, yet to come. 
that's a oh, good answer. Oh, wow. But you are at the History yeah. Center. I am so at the History Center. Can but you throw us something? <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. You know what? Um, you, you hear about <laughs> the greatest generation. Angry. Okay. And, and I would like to go back right before them. Okay. And, and really just see how they, they yeah. put America together. That's a really know? good one. Yeah. I think every, I don't know, every decade has something that you go, oh, I might want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Good I mean, point. just before we, uh, the world got fast. Yes. Yeah. Before the yes. world got fast. Yep. That's I'd like crazy. to go back to that time where it was just simple and it was, you know. Yes. Dude, if that means I'm without my iPhone and air conditioning, I don't think I'll survive. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Chandler. We oh, thank you for having me. Chandler Karan. And find everybody on Twitter and Instagram at Ol. We'll put the links in the show yeah, notes. Ol Smoky, O L E S M O K Y, no E in at the end. Everybody wants to make us like smoke. But yeah, no, right. No, like the national park. That's yeah. right where we're at. There you okay. go. Cool. And then certainly support the uh, Man of the Year for Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Bingo. Yeah, thank you very much, and we Thanks. appreciate all the help. Absolutely. <laughs> Hey, you guys, it's Christine Blackburn from Storyworthy, and you're listening to John and Rachel on Ya Jag Off. So we're at the that bar. That voice was not Leslie yes, like yeah, right. So you're cutting us off. No, you said a different kind of cutoff. We're at the bar here at... Yeah. <laughs> at the Heinz History yeah, Center, History the Center. Prohibition. And exhibit. with us is Leslie Sibillic. I got that right? You did get that right. Very Bingo, because you just told it to me 10 seconds ago. And uh, anyways, you're responsible for the research and the, the items that are here as far as bringing them here. As we understand it, this is, an exhi- this is the last week of this exhibit going anywhere in the country? Uh, well, we've got a little bit more time than that. It's the last national this is the last site. Stop. Okay, yeah. Yes. Um, okay. It's a combination of part of it is a traveling exhibit that was developed by the National Constitution Center out of Philadelphia. And then throughout the exhibit, we here at the Heinz History Center added material to it from everything from a Tommy gun to the cars you see in here are things that we've added to the project. Oh, okay. And this is it. It's its last stop. It's been touring around the country for a few years, and when it leaves Pittsburgh, it's done. So kind of get, it, get your view of it now. And so that's a pretty big deal, right, if you're the last stop? It is. I mean, in this case, we were really lucky. In fact, they extended some of the tour so it could come here. And we also have some items here where they're original documents in our hosting of it. And they had not, in some other venues, they had been reproduction documents because of the rarity of some things. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's both big in terms of our opportunity to give people a chance to see it. And then, you know, it's just it's wrapping up what's been a great story. And how does that work? That how, do you have to apply to kind of have that extension or to have to have you be the last one? You, wor- you work with the host. In this gotcha. case, you work with the originator of the National Constitution Center. They really wanted it to come here. We've been interested in it for some time. And what's the reason? I guess that's what I'm getting at. Why this one? Why this one here? You know, it's Pittsburgh. It's a great beer town. Yeah. It's increasingly a great whiskey town. There are yeah. so many wonderful so stories connected with alcohol in western pennsylvania it's a natural yeah it was just it was a perfect fit for us and you know as historians we always seek those projects that are this great balance between really serious issues and really fun stuff and i mean prohibition is just this fantastic topic that merges things that people really enjoy 
with some really kind of significant historical issues, um, things true. that are still impacting the world that we live in today. You were talking about alcohol laws and the restrictive system here in Pennsylvania, and that's all a direct, a d- very direct legacy of prohibition. Sure. You can thank Gifford Pinchot yeah. for our state store <laughs> system today. That's the truth. Um, so let's talk about what you do on an everyday life here, right? So you have this exhibit here. You do the research. Do you do a lot of reading? And, and do you have to kind of bone up on all this stuff or these are things that are your passion and then you look out for the exhibits how does that work Ooh, that's a good question and it's it's a combination um this happens to be one of my favorite time periods okay i don't want to i know you have a question that you ask anybody i have more than one answer um she's like just wait girl (laughs) just wait she's like john i have a question i wrote that question as the curator you do on the one hand have to bone up with that topic Mm so i do a lot of reading and it's not just reading contemporary sources now it's going back to the newspapers from the 1920s and even earlier you know for us knowing how the story kind of plays out in Pittsburgh it means knowing what's going on in the 1870s and 1880s with saloons and liquor here in the city as well as what's happening in the 1920s so you go back and spend a lot of time with historic newspapers and other documents and and you do a lot of reading and then you spend a lot of time with objects too what are the pieces here that will tell this story. You know, we really felt we needed some large vehicles. What's a car that is perfect to the Mm -hmm. time period? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you envision yourself living in those times when you put something together like this or or the Mr. Rogers exhibit? You know, know, it's funny because I don't think you actually envision that you are in the 1920s, but you do get to the point where the people, the issues, it seems more real. I mean, you get this real sense that they were people who faced debates and things they really deeply cared about the same as we do. And and sometimes it kind of merges those worlds. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, I wish I could go back just for five minutes to be a part of the 20s or the 1890s or something like that. It's Mm -hmm. that progression, I think, because, you know, anytime you hear, in my opinion, an interview today from anybody, you know, there's some throwback, right? Like we were even talking to Chandler, Mm -hmm. as you said, you can look at a piece of fashion and say, somebody just wore that dress to, you know, an award ceremony recently, or as we said about the, the drinks that are still around the longevity. So there's that progression decade to decade that there's some visibility, right? And, you know, we've talked about that here because I think it's one of the things that really draws people to the 1920s because I think it's really the first decade in American history where you can truly see that in ways that are still alive around us today. You mentioned the clothing You think about the dresses in the 20s and you think about how sometimes you look at a 1920s dress and you're like, my gosh, I mean, that is so close to something someone's wearing now. But if you go back 10 years before that and you look at clothing from the 1910s, the 1890s, very different. The 20s were a period when all of a sudden so much is happening that it's it's as if a switch was flipped and all of a sudden it's a world that is just much closer to our own. Our own, and I think that people are really drawn to that. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I don't know, did you get to hear any of Aunt Marie's interview? Just a little bit. Isn't that amazing, though? Because you were Mm -hmm. saying, you know, you go, I'm a newspaper person. I come from a newspaper background. I love the fact that you're still going back to that kind of roots because I think that's so important, right? The headlines tell the story. Mm -hmm. But I think when you have something iconic, like someone who's lived it, I mean, if she was even eight or nine, the fact that she can remember, you know, just walking down the street then, imagine the difference in that many years, you know. And, I mean, we've heard some other great stories like that. And the interesting thing, and I I love that that's your aunt, because I know I've had uncles and aunts, too, tell me things that, 
I never knew before. Sure. You know, the one uncle who tells the story about his kids in the Mount Lebanon area, in the, well, I think it was in Brookline area, they climbed down a hill and there was this house that had been built at the time that it turned out it was nothing but a shell for a speakeasy. And they were shooed away from the hillside and two days later, here are agents who are clearing out and everything in the house goes. Oh. The stills, the popper. And it's like, huh, I never knew that you even right. had that kind of history in your background. Sure. Yeah. Great wow. Yeah, and I think the whole speakeasy theme, I mean, that was just so, like, hush-hush, you know, and just the fact that, I know we've, we've done some things even at the Omni William Penn where they have the speakeasy, and, mm-hmm. you know, like John said, it's becoming history's repeating itself, and I just think the way you have this set up is just so indicative of the time. Well, and the speakeasy is interesting because, frankly, for Pittsburgh, even the 1920s was repeating what had already happened right. here mm. in the 18, mm-hmm. late 1880s, 1890s, when the speakeasy, the term actually people kind of date it to then and this phenomenon of people going to a kitchen bar for example and drinking it actually predates the 1920s here and I think a lot of that has to do with what a place like Pittsburgh was these industrial cities very ethnic you had entire neighborhoods and populations that they just I mean they didn't view alcohol the same way what what are you telling an entire neighborhood of Slavs that we're not going to participate in this practice that was ours? <laughs> sure. We brought it from the old country. It's simply not going to change because mm-hmm. you have a different way of, right. of mm-hmm. being. That's so. right. Yeah, good point. What's life like for you when you go to a party and tell people what you do? You know, you know a computer person goes <laughs> and they go, hey, can you fix my computer or, you know, whatever. And a medical person, people ask medical questions. But Is there a voice for the me? curators? What's the voice that you have? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Did you no, hear them? The computer people. No. Oh, really? I don't know. But, uh, you know, so when they know what you do, do they ask you lots of questions? Uh, you've got to be one it of the most interesting point. people at a party. I think it depends on the party. Oh. You need <laughs> to go to a party together. Right. <laughs> I think it does depend. I mean, there's certain parties where people probably look at you like, oh, you're just that bookish person. But I think if they're interested in weird facts, interesting information, strange stories about Pittsburgh's past, the whole history detective thing, I think it can be really appealing. And frankly, I think with all the different programs out there now, I just mentioned something like history detectives Mm -hmm. or the other one that gets me is uh, mysteries at the museum. Mm -hmm. The whole way that people think of curators, for example, has really changed. They used to be these very quiet, serious scholars in the back room. And now it's, it's a very different concept. And you're like, I party. (laughs) I party. (laughs) That's what you're trying to tell us. Right. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, hashtag I've never been asked that question before. (laughs) (laughs) He's fabulous. All right. So we have a question of the day, but before we get to that question, tell everybody why the Heinz history center is so special to the area in general i think just in general we are the place that collects those things that are people's touchstones in their lives um you meant i know you've been here recently for mr rogers um you talk about the 1920s the cars the experience look through our exhibits everything from the kind of history of heinz to the history of alcoa or local movie theaters we have one of the earliest pieces that was used in the very first nickelodeon that was here in pittsburgh Mm -hmm. and so it 
I'm not saying that the other museums in Pittsburgh aren't wonderful. It's a great community, but we have those things that are about people's lives and the way right. they lived here. And it's more relatable. It's I more think. relatable in yeah. that sense. Yeah. Sure. So it's just it's about the people who built this place and the people who lived here and the people who will live here and build it in the future. Yeah. That's a totally great cool. answer. I mean, it really yeah. is because it's true. And I think anyone who is a Pittsburgh native knows that there's a plethora of museums that you can go visit, and they're phenomenal. But like you said, this kind of covers it all. And yeah. we have so much great sports material too. I mean, how mm. can you can't forget the Western PA Sports Museum is part of us that. For those Penguins, Pirates, and Steelers yeah, fans, right. mm-hmm. I mean, you have that added on to the other yep. side of history. Right. So it's just a fantastic place. Right. Ready for I, your question? Well, I, I am, but I think I know the answer, but <laughs> we'll go with it she anyway. She said she had multiple <laughs> answers, though. So um, your favorite era in time. You know, and uh, you're right. I do have multiple answers. And, you know, asking a history she, curator she's like a, that question is everything. really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> I actually, the 1920s into the early 30s is one of my favorite time periods. I would also say to go back a little bit earlier from like the 1880s to the early 1900s, and they both share some real similarities, that they were periods of time when technology from electricity to cars and amusement parks, Mm. um, the rise of new media, they really Mm. changed how people lived. And there are these moments when you can just see it from the newspaper headlines to clothing to the way people are behaving, that it's a culture and change. And I find that that moment of change fascinating. And that's what appeals to me. I could talk to you for hours. Yeah, yeah. That's just such sure. a good answer. Yeah, yeah. For perfect. Sure. Very cool. I won't gonna, ask you to rank them because uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that wouldn't be easy. I'm going in for the second time. That was Leslie Sibillic. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> yeah, from the Heinz History Center. Get it. And uh, that is our podcast. We really appreciate uh, <laughs> Kim and Brady from the Heinz History Center for having us here. Make sure this exhibit is up. Uh, it's finished it in June. It is here through June 10th. June 10th. You have to come see it and come do the Charleston because, and make sure you watch the video of Aunt Marie doing the Charleston. We're going to make her do it. When you're yeah. listening to this podcast. She rested long enough. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so thanks to the Heinz History Center. Thanks to Hannah. Aww. Hannah has a big award, right? A big yeah, award. we're what super was proud award? of her. It's not too big, but uh, I just got a few um, recognitions from the International Broadcasting uh, System IBS Awards from Point Park University for some news promos that I did. So it's great. It and is a big out, deal. We're proud to, of shout you. Shout out to Rachel and John. And Wayne. <laughs> and Wayne. <laughs> and Frank. And Frankie. Yeah. So thanks. And thanks to Hannah, our intern. Thanks to Wayne Weil, our producer. Thanks to Total Sports Enterprises, right? Total Sports Enterprises will be at the Pittsburgh Business Show at the Convention Center with a multi-piece auction that will be available online and at tseshop.com, benefiting Junior Achievement this Wednesday and Thursday. That's right. Total Sports specializes in one-of-a-kind sports pieces and auctions to help perfect perfect any event. Give TSC a call or visit the website for an auction option at your next event. Thanks for listening. happens to a liar when he dies what he just lays there (laughs) (laughs) oh my god remember when we had a podcast yeah right (laughs) so stinking oh my god okay